Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Anyway, welcome to episode 92, Charles Cullen, a.k.a. The Good Nurse. Jesus, Nikki, fuck. We're never getting Dalta. Oh my God, bitch. Plug your shit in and let's go. You're annoying me. I know. I'm annoying me. Okay. I'm done annoying us. I'm like, fuck, you're annoying. It's because I'm a shit person, okay? Just ask around. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Depends on who you ask. Fuck. Motherfucker. 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 You lucky I didn't hit you with the toilet paper. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> Did you fart it? Did you fart it? <laughs> Did you just fart it? Motherfucker, just forded. <laughs> Dude, this morning when I was taking my brother to work, I was like mid sentence. I stopped. I was like, "Can you smell that?" And I was like, "Nobody around here smells fresh baked goods." What the? F-? And I was like, legitimately having an issue. And I was like, "Wait, did you just vape?" And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." And it was like strawberries and something else. And I was oh. so upset because it smelled so good that I got excited. <laughs> You're like, "What did you just open? I need a bite." <laughs> oh I my know. god, biting a sip and a bite, biting a sip. <laughs> but I was like, "Oh god damn it!" Okay, did you farted? Did you just farted? Motherfucker. <laughs> Where were we? The new nurse. Oh, the the good, the good nurse. The new not nurse. the new nurse. He's fucking old now. So, if you guys want to find us on social media, you can find us um, at Twitter, which we rarely use, at Color Me Dead Pod. Because you we're can, morons. Because well, I just don't like it. I'm a moron. I don't know how it works. I just don't fucking like it. Um, Twitter is the bane of my existence. I think it's annoying. But you can find me on Facebook. We have the Color Me Dead Podcast and the Color Me Dead Podcast group. We have Instagram. We do have Instagram. You can find us there at Color Me Dead Podcast. And you can follow me at Color Me Dead Angel. And I am Gory underscore Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, in case you didn't know by our fucking logo. And <laughs> <laughs> case you that now. Nah. I just felt like spelling it out today. I have to spell it to everybody else. Um, also, if you guys want to check us out, donate to our Patreon, listen to episodes, and check out much, much more like our sponsors, you can check us out at ageofradio.org slash colormedead slash. And a big thanks to our Patreon examinators. They are the $50 subscribers. That's Rhett Harris, Samantha Vaughn, and Sharon Hoffman. Thanks, motherfuckers. Motherfucker? Motherfucker? If you want some of our shit that says our shit on it, like, yeesh. Yeesh. My brother, Ryan, big brother, apparently his wife, Cindy, I'm calling your ass out, hates it when we say yeesh. 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 We, like, not just us, like, Ryan says it now, too, like... She doesn't enjoy it. So for Valentine's Day, he got her a hoodie that says, yeesh. Yeesh. (laughs) That's fucking amazing. I love it. I just got a picture last night and it made me giggle. He's like, her Valentine's Day gift gift arrived. So if you would like shit that says, yeesh. yeesh. If you would like shit that says, call me dead podcast. Or shit that says, keep it up and you'll be the... 
you'll be this whatever it is strange smell in my yeah, trunk strange smell in my trunk we have the order of the chocolate and you can get all kinds of shit my mouth Blinkets. fuck mouth make words yes fuck mouth make words i was trying to think of all of them all of the yum all of the yum and you can get blankets and cups <laughs> and shirts and i really shit. i think we need to find ourselves a graphic designer who can put something yes. together that says musty charms <laughs> yes so if you are a graphic designer and you would like to design shit for us Hit us the fuck up because we need shit. We need shit. And I don't know how to do it. Um, also, thank you, Emily Duvall, for being a research assistant and doing the outline for us. Eesh. The book that I am reading that's long as fuck, I would love to lie to you and say that I'm finished, but I'm not. But it is called The Good Nurse by Charles Grieber. It's a good book. There's lots of information. So much information. So last week, we talked about Charlie Cullen's childhood and marriage to Adrian. When we left you, she had just filed for divorce, and they were still living in the same house. He was in the basement, and she was upstairs with the kids. Um, Also, last week, I mentioned how we mentioned how Charlie's mother was killed in a car accident, and I said that we might find Easter eggs throughout. I found one. Um, It's that in this car accident, Charlie's epileptic sister was driving the car charlie's mother was killed instantly however charlie didn't know that he went to the hospital looking for his mother because he just got a call that she was in a car accident so he was trying to find her and he couldn't find her and finally found out that she had been taken to the morgue at this point he decided that the hospital had lied to him he thought everyone at hospitals lied and that he would never forgive any hospital ever for this hmm 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 This was now another excuse for a suicide attempt. We talked about all of his suicide attempts growing up, and he was 17 at this point. Ironically enough, this suicide attempt yielded his first hospital stay and his first visit with a psychiatrist. However, the only thing he would say to the psychiatrist was, nobody treats my pain, only I treat my pain. Okay. So, yeah. Another little Easter egg I found was about another suicide attempt. While in the Navy, he kept trying to end his six-year contract, but was obviously not successful. He would usually just get busted down or get less pay or what the fuck ever. And we talked about how he would drink Listerine in a pinch. Well, on January 13th of 1984, he downed a bottle of cleaning fluid. He, oh, went, he went to the USS Canopy sick bay and told them he drank some poison and needed a medic because he didn't feel well. Don't drink, don't drink cleaning fluid. That makes you not feel well. You know, <laughs> I, <clears throat> I happen to know that a lot of people in a pinch will drink many things mm-hmm. if they're feeling the fucking, the shaky withdrawals and shit come on. And I honestly, like, I was never that person. Um... I I would go to the fucking liquor store in full fucking shakes. Like, it was obvious what was happening, and it's embarrassing as fuck. But I never, like, I never drank hand sanitizer. I'm not going to drink hairspray. I'm not going to hit the mouthwash. Like, I never did that shit. But I know people that do mm-hmm. and have. Mm-hmm. So this would be his third suicide attempt since joining the Navy. And um, his third uh, ambulance trip to the Charleston Naval Hospital to their psych ward. You've probably figured out by now that his suicide attempts aren't really super serious. 
obviously, if he's throwing pills on the ground and wallering around like a cat and catnip, going, look at me, look at me. Right. If you're trying to do it, you're going to take those pills, not chuck them everywhere. You're, they go in the mouth, not on the floor. Exactly. So... These are pretty much just, like, he just wants to make himself sick. To him, sick was better than suicide because nobody loves you more than when you're dying. Of course. Because then people actually care. Right. That's what's wrong with people that do the fucking Munchausen shit or, like, Munchausen Mm -hmm. by proxy. I don't really want to die. I just want to be sick enough for you to fucking give a shit. Mm -hmm. And it's sad that people feel that they have to do that just to get attention, like... I know a lot of them put them put their sel- themselves in that situation, but it sucks. All the same, it's sad. Well, and a lot of people actually do it. It's it's really unfortunate um, that a lot of people actually feel like the only time that people give a shit about him is when they're not well. In January of 1993, after he had been served with divorce papers and all of that good stuff, he went a little bit crazy. Now, crazy enough that Adrian had to call the cops to file a formal complaint because she wanted it on paper. She gave him this like sort of vague story about domestic abuse. She said that she had found out where she had found him drunk by the fireplace, tossing papers from his AA book into the fire with this like stoic blank fucking stare on his face. She told the cops that about all the fucked up shit that he had ever done over the years. She talked about the missing pets. She even recalled a story that he had told her about poisoning his pregnant sister's abusive boyfriend with lighter fluid when he was a child. She le- <clears throat> she was letting them know that she was afraid for their safety, for her safety, as well as the children. So it's kind of like the call made it to where she was recalling everything he had ever done, and it was all coming together now. She made sure to include, include all of his crazy suicide attempts as well. Of course, Charlie is now pissed the fuck off because cat's out of the fucking bag on a lot of shit. He thought it was unfair, and he didn't and didn't know how his wife could tell the police all of these fucking horrific stories because she's not telling the truth. <laughs> she mm-hmm. didn't Yes. She didn't have a good reason to call them in the first place. He said that she would he wasn't a wife beater, she wasn't a good wife, and that she was playing games for the lawyers. He decided he would show her what a real suicide attempt looked like, and he took 20 pills with a bottle of wine, and this one he was actually taken to the fucking ICU. A nurse that he worked with named Michelle Tomlinson came to visit him while he was in the ICU. Michelle. Goodness. (laughs) Michelle was a nurse that he worked with at Warren Hospital. They were just friends, but Charlie wanted much more with her and decided that they were soulmates. Of course they are. You're my soul, Diddy. You're my soulmate. You're depressed. I'm depressed. Let's be soulmates. Oh, I went. I went ahead of myself. Sorry. They were both depressed and she appreciated him. She felt sorry for him. She tried to take care of him while he was down because he felt like, or because she felt like he needed that kind of attention. See, 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 senorita. She. I will do the rest of this in Espanol. <laughs> Si, senorita. <laughs> oh, my God. That's all the Spanish I know, though. Ibano, por favor. I, uh, I, can, I can tell you lots of Spanish. What do you want to know? I don't know. All these words translate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's a little yeah. bit above my pay grade. <laughs> she, I almost did it again. See, She suggested that he get transferred to Muhlenberg, which is a psychiatric unit in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. She said that she knew people there and that he would like it there. So he requested a transfer and was taken there by ambulance. 
Michelle visited him there, too. She would bring him flowers, and they would sit and talk for hours. He loved that he could make her laugh, even though he was suicidal. He ended up checking himself out of the psych unit, though. Once he got out... <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, I don't like it here anymore. I'm getting out of here. I know. Check he's out. like, all right, we're done. All right, no more. We're good. We're good. I I'm out this time. bitch. Nope. Once he got out, he had to meet with his wife's divorce attorney. He had decided it was a good idea to represent himself. We can't this hear is, that enough. Okay, this is always a good idea. And if there's any advice I ever give anybody, it certainly is that you should always try to rep- represent yourself in a court of law. I yes. hear this works well. Yes. Ask uh, Rodney Alcala. Yes. Ted Bundy. Yes. Please do so. This motherfucker. This motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> so I don't know where I was. <laughs> <laughs> And so, but then what happened was (laughs) he didn't have enough money to get an attorney. Plus, he thought he would do a fine job against her divorce attorney, (laughs) whose name was Ernest Duh. I'm not even fucking with you right now. Last name D U H. Duh. Duh. Ernest. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Who's your lawyer? Who's your lawyer? Did you just thwart it? Who's your lawyer? (laughs) Who's your lawyer? Did you thwart it? Who's your lawyer? (laughs) Fucking Ernest. Duh. Ernest. (laughs) It's, his name is Uranus. Duh. <laughs> oh, God. Christ Virgas. It's Ernest. Duh. Duh. And, and they kept, in the book, they kept, like, referring to him as duh. I'm like, oh, my God, God please I stop. with this. I can't. I'm not mature enough to handle this. Nope. This is where we use a first name. I can't do this, okay? While still in the psych unit, though, Charlie found an ad for an apartment that he called and rented sight unseen. It was a basement apartment. He told the lady about his job and his references and all that shit. And she was like, all right, I'll rent to you. He just failed to mention that at the time he was in the psych ward. He was calling (laughs) from the psych ward. Whatevs. Mary. He moved into his new apartment and went back to work shortly after checking himself out of the psych unit. He was super excited to be back to work with Michelle. Michelle was a single mother with a divorce that was dragging on and on and a toxic on again off again relationship with a guy named jerry charlie was hanging around just waiting for her and jerry to be off again so he could swoop in and take her from him so when that happened he asked michelle on a date and she said yes of course she did of course she did why wouldn't she during this date charlie decided that he was in love and he was going to turn up the charm now at this time he was an actually a semi-attractive dude, because you know he looked. Uh, he was kind of like a Tom Selleck. He was. See, sweet ass mustache, badass fucking comeback. Yeah, he wasn't bad looking. I don't think. I mean, but I love Tom Selleck. Rawr. Rawr. I know there's certain people on the face of this planet that like oh. they just get better with age, dude. Fuck. Mm-hmm. 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 Let's just take a moment. <laughs> Sean Connery. <sighs> yep. Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. Tom Selleck. Sam Elliott. Sam I know that's Elliott. where you're going. <laughs> yes. I, dude, the man is like, he's old enough to be my grandfather. Twice. And I still want to put his dick in pee your in my V. Whoa. <laughs> oh, wait. Did I go through the wrong hole? Rug hole. We don't rug hole. We don't put things there. Continue. You're pushing the wrong barriers. (laughs) Barrier. (laughs) Oh, God, that's funny. 
So Charlie started bringing her brownies because in their first date, she ordered a brownie. So he decided that she likes brownies. So he brought her brownies every fucking day and then little gifts to work. Um, he even took, he even took shit in on his days off. Okay. That's dude. Rein it in a little bit. Right. Pull you, it back. You need pull to it back. Make her chase you. Trust me. It fucking works. Dude, don't, don't smother. Uh-uh. Don't be a smother brother. Make sure that she knows you're there, but don't chase. Like there's a balance here. Okay. You got, you can get your shit together. But then what happens? So one day he shows up with a ring because oh. he did not have his shit together <laughs> and told her that he loved her. And Uh she didn't respond how he thought she would. She was suddenly busy with her patients (laughs) and didn't have time to talk to him. She also avoided the nurse's station and didn't even say goodbye when she left. (coughs) She's just so happy she doesn't have time to talk to me. I like how she just straight up ghosts him. She's like, oh, fuck. Mayday, mayday, mayday. (laughs) Right. She doesn't even respond. She's just like, uh, Uh, yeah. So (laughs) I got to be over here. Now, instead of taking this as a rejection, he decided that she was just as depressed and pushing him away. She just as depressed as he was. She just needs a minute. She's just pushing him away. So this is what Mr. Cullen decides is a good idea. We're going to fucking call her a million times. Is that not what you do? Yes, this is what you do. Okay. She didn't answer any of those phone calls. And of course, this is, you know, the days before fucking the wonders of caller ID. So he kept leaving message after message after message after message because this is going to entice her to to return his call. Well, yeah. He eventually got a call back from Jerry telling him to leave her alone. So Charlie took this as a cry cry for help from Michelle. (laughs) So wait for it. I love his way of thinking. I know. It's It's so rational. I love (laughs) looking at like how people... It's on, what's the name of that fucking show on Netflix? The Stalker Guy. Oh. You? Yeah, you. Where, like, what they think and what's actually fucking taking place is two totally realms of reality. That's, two different total. Mm-hmm. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Do ya? Do ya? We need a graphic that says that, whoever is volunteering for our graphics. Yeah, right. English motherfucker, do, do you, you speak, speak it? it? Hey, motherfucker. Je- Jesus. Vergas. <laughs> my fucking brain is it the weird the motherfucking cogs they tan <laughs> they're just not producing anything like it's almost like when you milk a cow and like it's dry and it just like shoots out dust and like, you're like fuck. fuck it's like pulling the trigger on one of those toy guns and like bang comes out of it that's what mm-hmm. happens the fucking you pull the trigger and the bang. bang comes out of my mouth instead of an actual bullet of wisdom like <laughs> i got nothing for you so anyway he took this as a cry for, for help from Michelle. He wanted to be her hero and save her because he always had a fantasy about being the fucking white knight, riding in all shiny fucking armor. He wanted to be the hero. He upped his game with the stalking, and on March 23rd, 1993, he started driving past her house and looking as like looking in her windows as he drove by. Then he would drive home and call her. <laughs> Sorry, and, the, and stalking's not fucking funny, but you are going to hear me laugh through this because who fucking thinks this is a good idea? Charlie. Charlie does. So, good thing we have cell phones now because stalking was fucking, it sounds exhausting. Right now I can sit out in front of your house and call you from your driveway. Oh, dude, at this particular juncture, I just have to look on Snapchat to see where your fucking location is and right. meet you there. Or go on I Messenger and make sure that I didn't you're just say that. live. 
I do that. <laughs> I Just know. Just saying. Where you are, because it's on Snapchat. Or you snap somebody to find out where the fuck they are, so it has to open it and update your... Yeah, update yeah. your location. Like, I know where you are. Mm-hmm. So, finally, he ended up going back to her house. It was raining and it was raining and really foggy that night. He killed the streetlights and walked across the wet grass to her house and peeked into the kitchen window, where he saw... <gasps> nothing. Hmm. So he tried to go in, but the door was locked. So he broke the glass out with a brick and waited to see if he heard anything from inside and he didn't hear anything. So he decided to let himself in. Well, he went upside. Uh, he went upside. Upside. Down. <laughs> <laughs> so he went upstairs and went into Michelle's room where the door was closed. He opened it and went in where she was sleeping. She must sleep through fucking anything and everything. And apparently motherfucker needs to get a dog. Right. Like he slammed through the glass. With a brick. Opened the door, walked upstairs, opened her bedroom door, and he sat there and watched her. And she still doesn't and fucking she, wake up? No. And she's got a kid. Like, bitch, what? If somebody could take your kid and you have no idea. If somebody thinks about walking in my room, I wake up. I know. I'm such a light sleeper. My husband's quite a quite a heavy sleeper. Like, you could go in there, hump his face, and leave, and he'd never fucking know. But <laughs> me, on the other hand, you can fart outside next door, and I fucking know. And, right. like, not only that, but, like, if you come through that back door, my dogs, holy shit, mm. the World War II that comes out of them, when they, they're like, oh, my God, bark, 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 bark. And I'm like, motherfucker, it's me. You know what's really fucked up is when we're laying in bed together, like me and all my dogs when I'm sleeping, they'll fucking sound off like a motherfucker if somebody comes through and I'm in there sleeping. Oh, yeah. But if it's me and I come in the house and they're laying in there with Spencer, not a fucking noise. She's safe. I know. They do not like it when I'm home alone and somebody comes in that back door. It's pretty fucking oh, serious shit. Because well, even if Dave's there, they're not as mad when I come mm-hmm. through the door. But if it's, if just, it's me. just you, they're like, motherfucker. Well, wasn't it, wasn't it Rogue that like kind of gave you the heebie-jeebies that one day? That was when nobody was there. When you were in the hospital and I went home to get your stuff and oh, feed yeah. the dogs. And I was, I kept reaching, like I would reach for the dog food and he would like go from my hand and I'm like... Bitch, I'm just trying to feed you. Don't eat me. You love me. Was We're he friends. At you? No, he would just follow. Oh, it was just like the you know the you your hand. him on the fucking nose. I didn't dare because I thought he would eat me. I was like, <laughs> fuck, rogue. We're fucking friends. We Dude, cuddle. We're homies. We're cuddlers. We'll cuddle. We'll cuddle. We'll cuddle. We'll cuddle. <laughs> no, but it's funny. Um, so I was actually uh, my brother-in-law came over to the house and he was just gonna like open the back door. You know, you can open the back door and fucking shout to my bedroom right. and just be like, hey. And he opened the door and fucking Rogue came around the corner, like, ready to do fucking damage. And he shut the door and Rogue fucking hit the back glass. Oh, shit. And was like, bark, 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 bark. And I got up and I was like, Rogue, what the fuck? And he immediately does that, like, his ears lay down kind of Yoda. And he looks at me like, dee, dee, dee. And, I love you. Yeah. And my brother-in-law was like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, yeah, dude, he's gotten really weird, like, with me being home alone. He's not. One out of ten times. Yeah. He scares the fuck out of me. Most of the time, we're, we're buddies. We yeah. cuddle. <clears throat> we'll cuddle. We'll cuddle. And Pudge is always like, Hi. Pudge is a good, he is a good alert dog. Yeah. He is a shithole guard dog. But I have Rogue. And there's few things as scary as a 110-pound fucking Akita. Fuck. Hitting the back door. Fuck. Because that motherfucker, like, you might get in my house. Good luck getting out. <laughs> yeah. <you're, laughs> like, you might get you're in. You're going to get out in a body bag or in an ambulance. Yeah, that you is might all. get in. You ain't getting out. No, fuck. So, Jesus. 
this bitch needs a dog. This is what I've decided. Because if you can sleep through somebody fucking standing in your bedroom staring at you, who the fuck sleeps through that? This is what I need to understand. I can be laying in my bed and my husband wake up before me and start staring at me. And I will wake up and look at him and be like, close your fucking eyes. Avert your glance. Look somewhere else. I can feel you looking at me. (laughs) Avert your glance. (laughs) Avert your glance. (laughs) Like, I don't like it. Take it back. (laughs) Take it back. Get your receipt. Get all your shit. Put it in a backpack. Take it to the store and sell it. Take it to the shit museum. But get your shit together. I don't like it. So anyway... He leaves. Like, he goes in there. He fucking hangs out, watches her, fucking leaves. He's like, oh, she's fine. She good? Uh, I guess. I'm going to watch her sleep, let her snore, fart a few times, and I'm going to go. <laughs> That's love. Yeah. <laughs> Sex machine. That would be me. I'd be violating the fucking airspace with my asshole. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, never mind. Is I do. come out your ass? Do you want to hear? Okay, so this is a fun little story. So, <clears throat> once upon a time. I went on a date with this guy and he was like super, super into me. Okay. And he wanted me to stay the night. And I was like, dude, like, listen, like we'd been drinking. We, we like, we went out dancing. We went to the fun center. We like did go-karts and shit. We went back to his house. We had a nightcap. Like I wasn't drunk by any sense, but he was like, stay the night with me. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm asleep. And he was just like, cause I thought he was trying to like, hanky panky and i was like i'm not into that dude like i'm not trying to fucking do the the one night stand shit and he's like no just like he's like we don't even have to sleep we don't even have to sleep in the same bed he's like just stay the night like let's hang out and just have a sleepover blah 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 dude i got up the next morning okay i woke up and he was like already up sitting in a chair and he's like i don't think this is gonna work out and i was like (laughs) i started laughing and i was like yeah i snore and he's like you fart like a buffalo in your sleep. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yep. man, like people do that. And he was just like, but you could tell he had like pure fucking terror on his face. <laughs> and I was like, I That's don't. amazing. It was, it was fucking funny. I, I had to laugh when he was like, stay the night. And I was like, oh, bitch, you about to learn today. So anyway, he leaves. Now, Charles goes to the mini mart and he gets himself a cuff. P- Apparently, one of us has had too much caffeine today because my mouth is not going as quickly as my brain. He went to the mini mart, gets a cup of coffee, of which I've had several. Uh, right. And <laughs> he just gets <laughs> <up coffee>. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes to watch the sun come up. He calls Michelle. And again, wait, words. He called Michelle again. And this time she actually answers. She told him about the break-in and how she felt so violated. When she got finished telling him about... When she finished telling him about the break-in, he said that he had something for her or he had something to tell her. He said that he talked to Jerry and he knew that they were back together. Then he said, I was the one who did your house. Did. Did. He said, I wanted to check on you, you know, to make sure that you were okay, that you didn't try anything like suicide. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, hey, listen, I just wanted to make sure you were okay. I know that I called you a million times and that wasn't, you know, eerie or unnerving. Um, so I decided to break into your house and check on you in the middle of the night because I just wanted to make sure that you weren't going to, like, you know, kill yourself. What? Hmm? On, on what pretense did he think that she was capable of suicide or that was even a fucking inkling of an idea because, in her brain? Because that's his out for everything. So he thinks that his the rejection wasn't him. Because there's so many fucked up people that think it's never them. And so it's got to be her. She's depressed and she's probably suicidal. Right? 
Right. right. She didn't say anything. And then he said to her, I'm feeling a little crazy right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's at the point where I would have said, you fucking think? You sure? God, at least you recognize <laughs> it, motherfucker. Motherfucker? <laughs> I'm near right? Yeah, right. <laughs> when, sorry, I can't with him. I'm the one that did your house. I just wanted to make sure you weren't hanging from the ceiling. Right. What? Excuse me? I'm sorry, huh? Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Thanks. I, I think. Do I say things? Is this a thanks situation? I don't fucking know. When they hung up, he went home and he got a snack. An officer from the Palmer County Police called him and said that they had issued an, a warrant for him. He told them that he would drive himself to the station and turn himself in. But in true Charlie fashion, he decided that another suicide attempt was a way to go. He mm-hmm. took a handful of the .05 Xanax. I don't know how much that is. I've no, I don't know. Anyway, this point. Five Xanax that was prescribed to him the last time he was in the psych unit and some Darva sets that he had stolen from his wife after her gallbladder surgery. He took 20 pills in all and then drove to the station because he was like, well, by the time they get me stuffed and cuffed and whatever, <laughs> I'm going to be stealing high. Yeah. Except for he's not really going in the car. So by the time they get me in the jail cell, I'm going to be floating like a fucking kite, yo. Float like a butterfly sting. Like <laughs> um, let's see. Point five, how many? A handful of Xanax. I don't know. I don't tolerate Xanax very well. Like if I eat a whole bar, I fucking. I've never had it before. I've it's never pretty even, fucking rad, I don't even actually. know what it looks like. I do. <laughs> um, Darvaset I've taken after some pretty serious fucking surgeries. Is but, that painkiller? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I've yeah. never had that either. Darvaset? It's like a Percocet. How many did he take? 20 pills and all? You'd be pretty <laughs> fucked up. I don't know if you'd die, but you could. You certainly fucking could. Your breathing would slow way the fuck down. I did not call it gray skull, did I? No, you did not. Yes, we should. Yeesh. By the end... Okay. When he got to the station, he was high as shit and answering questions all loose-like. Well, I'm, fuck- I'm fucking sure. However... The joke was on him because they weren't going to hold him. <laughs> they were just wanted to fingerprint him and ask him like and question him. So <laughs> that backfire, motherfucker. They released him and he was all fucked up like you could not imagine. He wanted to call someone to come and get him, but he couldn't call Michelle or Adrian. So he had to call the babysitter because that was the only phone number he could remember. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Because you come to the police station and get me, I need to ride to the hospital. <laughs> I'm like, How are the kids? <laughs> <laughs> That's like calling the fucking dog kennel and being like, hey, this angel maze, I'm real fucked up, but I also remembered your number. <laughs> so what I need from right. you. <laughs> you have my fucking house number on file. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I'm gonna need. I snorted. I'm gonna need you to fucking call somebody, uh, dude. When I take too many fucking painkillers, 
Like, and it, and too many is like the prescribed amount for me. Like the shit that they gave me after fucking surgery, when I was just like staring at people with one <laughs> eye, like pirate Steve and shit, I start getting all like, I sound like fucking rip torn from dodgeball. <laughs> Listen, you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Like fuck angel, bring it in. Mm. Reel it in, bitch. I mean, painkillers loves everyone. I love you. <laughs> I need a snack. I love you. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I turn into a fun, like, yar har fiddle dee dee. <laughs> Being a pirate is so fun to me. Like, I fucking go weird. You're a pirate and I love everyone. <laughs> yeah, dude. Bring us snacks. I'm sure we both need snacks. You are a pirate. Yes, I am. <laughs> fucking hopping around on my peg leg. You would be in the parking lot. <laughs> where's my leg <laughs> Arr, matey fucking for real dude i'm a weirdo like i remember when i got my tummy surgery and i slapped the nurse yeah i was like honey you need to wake up and i was like Psh. poo I'm like fuck no, off bitch. and they called my husband they were like come get this cunt i know so she's a bitch you're gonna have to do this we were, like, we were gonna give her like another half an hour but your wife is a real asshole <laughs> so while she's coming out of the propanol i'm gonna need you to come fucking get her because fuck her yeah, look, just call us when she's done, because fuck her. I Hey, I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. Well, so the babysitter takes him to the hospital. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he ended up being transferred into another psych ward. This time, he was in the New Jersey State Lunatic Asylum at Morristown. Around mid-April, he was taken to an intensive. How about that? intensive inpatient treatment the rooms had barred windows and it was very pretty there he was he absolutely loved it there and he loved all the attention he was getting this place was called graystone and they said it looked like a haunted mansion type our kind of place like you know you know all i think of is fucking he-man power of grayskull uh-huh by the time may rolled around warren hospital had called and left him a message he figured they were calling to, like, formally fire him, but they were actually calling him to see if he could come back to work and find out if he had a doctor released to return to work yet. Malfuckus, <laughs> this is on you guys. You called him at the psych ward to see if he could come back. I know that um, some of those graveyard shifts are really hard to cover, but... Um Let's not take the guy in the psych ward and put him in charge of other people. Yeah, and because you're when you're an RN, like you're actually you have a like I could see if he was an LPN because he's got to have somebody over him. But as an RN, like no, dude, no, mm, Jesus. He got that doctor's release and went back to his basement apartment and back to work on the night shift. Fuck me. Okay. So Michelle still worked there. And obviously, at this point, she's got a fucking restraining order against him. So they never worked on the same shifts. He also couldn't work on the ICU anymore because of her. So he was moved to telemetry. This unit was mostly for heart patients, the ones who were on the mend, but um, like their stability could take a nosedive. And so... These patients had to be watched very carefully. Their machines were often going off, so he provided a lot of patient education that... What the fuck did I just say? Their machines were often going off, so he provided a lot of patient education that he really enjoyed. He liked having the power and the knowledge. Well, the power. I have the power. It's because he's been to Grayskull. (laughs) He now has the power of Grayskull. (laughs) Fuck. 
God, if we would if people would have put this together back in the nineties, I know we could have avoided all of this, this whole fucking thing. No, it was the power. Um, he also he taught them that the machines worked a lot like lie detectors. Funny enough, ha <clears throat> He had to take a couple for his divorce. Hmm. Yes, Adrian was. Um, she was trying to get a restraining order against him as well and trying to prove that he was this mean, scary-ass drunk. So she wanted to prove that he was drinking while he had the kids. So he had to pass. He actually passed his polygraph test, but that didn't really matter. Adrian was granted the restraining order and he didn't have visitation. Most judges in his situation, I want to say most, I'm not going to say all, but most judges, if they see that there's been multiple domestics and that kind of a thing and a person's been in and out of a psych ward, I would hope, that more judges look at that and they're like, ah, no yeah. visitation for you. Yeah. I, and the restraining order. Cause right. it's, it's scary. It is. <laughs> Being on that end is scary. Well, so now he's got two restraining orders plus the breaking and entering and all that shit with Michelle. He decided that he should get a public defender. So he's not going to represent himself anymore. Good choice, buddy. Huh. But he made way too much money to qualify for an attorney, so he had to hire one. He said that the retainer, so he pays the retainer for his attorney. This lasted three days before the attorney quit. Sorry, I'm trying so hard not to laugh. He's such a twat. (coughs) 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 Sorry. Twat. Twat. So three days. He lasted three days before the attorney's like, fuck this shit, I'm out, kick rocks, good luck. So, our good friend was left to represent himself again. On August 10th, he basically was, like, incoherent in court for the charges with Michelle. He ended up pleading guilty to harassment and defiant trespass and was given a fine and probation. Guess what? Guess what? What? He took a bunch of pills and drank it with wine and then drove himself to the ER at Warren Hospital. I didn't see that coming. Nobody did. I'm he was <laughs> shock and awe. <gasps> He was released the next day and drove himself home. At home, he was losing his marbles. He basically decided to write a letter to the judge. He clearly... <laughs> sorry, hold on. Let me get my shit together. He decides to write this, this letter to the judge. Only he couldn't, he couldn't write or spell very clearly. And he wrote, <laughs> There was a sexual, intimate relationship between Michelle Tomlinson and myself. There. T-H-E-I-R. Intimate. I-N-T-A-M-A-T-E. Intimate. It was very intimate. There was a sexual intimacy. <laughs> like, he was fucked up. Wasn't making sense. He Can't was just pounding away on his fucking typewriter, too. <laughs> yeah, it's not fucking panning out. No. The next day, Charlie meets with George, the court-appointed family services counselor, who would ultimately decide if Cheer... Charlie. If Charlie got to see his kids or not, he knew about Charlie's multiple suicide attempts and put in his report that he said that suicide attempts were the most severe and ultimate form of abuse and neglect, rejection and abandonment one could inflict on a child. Mm-hmm. Well, could imagine if he's watching his, not watching, but if, if he's got his kids and he attempts suicide. What well, the and fuck it's, is that? that's the thing is like, he's not thinking about anybody else. And not, I don't know, dude, his suicide attempts weren't even, there's no nice way to say this without coming off like a dickhead, but most of his suicide attempts were for the attention. He wasn't doing it because he actually felt hopeless enough that he wanted to die. He was doing it in an attempt to make somebody else give a shit. Right. And he even admits to that later that he didn't actually want to die. No. He just wanted to 
find that love that you only get Wookin when you're in all the wrong places. Wookin Penub. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus, get Jesus. it together. Just get it together. <sighs> well, that report was used in court a week later. But before we tell you about all of the next events in Charlie Cullen's life, we're going to tell you about some extracurricular activities that our good pal Charlie Cullen was doing while all of this was going on. And I'm sure a lot of you have guessed it because we've given a few little tidbits here and there. Tidbit. Tidbits. Do you want to see my tidbits? <laughs> That's actually another podcast you guys can go check out. Tidbits. Tidbits. Steve Etchy does that one. Really? Yeesh. Well, hey, Steve. Hi. Hey, hey Steve. Hey. Hi, Etchy. Yeah, I guess it's Etchy. It's Etchy. Etchy, you're Etchy. You're <laughs> Etchy as fuck. <laughs> yes, Your you. tidbits are Etchy as fuck. <laughs> and yes, you can put that clip on your show. No, just kidding. <laughs> For a dollar and a taco. And fuck the dollar I want the tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I am hungry right now. I'm on a fast. Bring me a taco. Taco. In two days. <laughs> in, in two days. By the time you get here, I'll need that tackle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Anyway, um, because his suicide temp- attempts, mm-hmm, wow. suicide attempts weren't enough, he was doing some extra shady shit. He committed his first murder on June 11th, 1988. This was like what? He graduated from nursing school in 87, maybe? Uh-huh. Ish. Around there. I don't remember the exact dates. Uh, his name was John W. Yango Sr., and he was 72 years old. He had been admitted to St. Barnabas Medical Center with an allergic reaction to a blood-thinning drug. Charlie administered a lethal overdose of lidocaine intravenously. Interesting. Remember, yeah. Remember all those suspicious IV bags that had been tampered with? You guessed it. It was Charlie fucking Cullen. <gasps> Surprise. <gasps> Surprise face. He ended up admitting to killing 11 patients at St. Barnabas, including an AIDS patient who had died after an overdose of insulin from the IV bags. He quit his job and went to work at Warren when they started investigating all of this. At Warren, he murdered three elderly women by giving them overdoses of the heart medication digoxin. This medication is used to moderate congestive heart failure to... um, treat certain types of abnormal heart rhythms but apparently when you take too much of it it will just make your heart stop the third of those those three elderly women actually said that a sneaky male nurse had injected her in her sleep and everyone dismissed her was like all right right you're old and crazy okay (laughs) but she was right so now we're at 14 murders that we know of that he knows of, he can't even remember exactly how many there were because he was just slyly like tossing just, IV bags. Well, that's and the shit. thing is he's in there fucking pumping IV bags full of bullshit, insulin, whatever. Mm-hmm. Fucking lidocaine, though, really? Right. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a few that he remembers their names, and we'll get into that later. But for the most part, he doesn't know who he killed and who he didn't kill. He doesn't know who died from it and who didn't. Like <laughs> he's that fucking shady. Uh, so we're, yeah, 14 that we know of, and we'll bring you back to where we were in the story because this time the slithery little snake wasn't so lucky. Oh, slithery little snake, a little snake. Little snake. On September 1st, 1993, he was 
basically stalking Mrs. Helen Dean in the ICU because he wasn't working in the ICU no. now. Um, but he was watching this lady. She was an elderly woman recovering from breast cancer surgery. She had an adult son named Larry that never, ever left her side. He liked that idea. Charlie liked the idea of the challenge here. So he loaded the syringe with digoxin and walked into her room. Now, Larry remembers, he remembers this because he knew all of the nurses in the ICU. And this was the first time that he had found creepy little Charlie fucking cruising around the ICU. Now, Charlie was dressed in all white and the other nurses were all blue scrubs. So... Obviously, Charlie stands out. Now, Charlie told... Charlie. 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 Oh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. So, Charlie told Larry that he needed to leave the room. Larry leaves the room, goes, gets some coffee, and comes back. Now, when he comes back, his mom is angry and said that the nurse had stuck her. Helen showed her son where the nurse had stuck her, then immediately called the doctor, and the doctor said it could have been a bug bite. Like, what the fuck, Doc? Right. Like, if the... If the it- okay, Listen. If Larry's like, yo, this nurse told me that I had to leave. My mom's now complaining that she's been stuck with a fucking needle. It's, it's not a bug, bug bite. bite. Right? Okay. So, by the next day, she was violently ill. Her heart ultimately stopped and she could not be revived. And Larry could not be consoled. He began to investigate because he knew that this wasn't right. He found out that her oncologist hadn't ordered hadn't ordered any injections that day he talked with the other nurses and found out that the male nurse that he described was charlie the snake fucking cullen ding 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 Hmm. larry called the war excuse me (coughs) fuck angel larry called the warren county prosecutor and told him that his mother had been murdered by charlie cullen he was responsible for the injection the next day he was being questioned all day at work about the incident and having denied have you know doing anything having you know what? One day I'm going to complete a full fucking sentence without just mouth banging the shit out of a sentence. Today, Junior. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <sighs> the next day, he was being questioned all day at work about the incident. He denied having anything to do with her death, and the medical examiner tested her for nearly 100 drugs. And guess what they didn't test for? Digoxin. Weird. Oh. Riddle me fucking this. So her death was ruled as natural causes. Charlie, however, was placed on indefinite paid leave, effective immediately. At first, he thought he was not going to be paid, or excuse me, he thought being paid not to work sounded pretty fucking good, but he got inside his own head and guess what he chose to do? Anybody? Bueller? Knit a sweater? We attempt suicide again. Oh, I never saw that coming. Completely beyond me. I'm surprised. (laughs) (laughs) The the ambulance showed up at 11 p.m. to pick him up, and he had left the front door open for them. Like, hey, by the by, let me uh, set the scene for you. You know the address. You guys know where I am at. I'll leave the light on for you. Yeah, fuck. Fuck. Don't want you to break the door again. That shit costs money. He went through the suicide cycle, emergency room to inpatient, psychological hospital, outpatient counseling, and once he was finished, the Warren County Prosecutor's Office was waiting for him. He denies everything yet again, obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. They gave him a, uh, excuse me, they gave him a new polygraph test. He passes it with flying fucking colors, but he was pretty sure that they knew the truth. Weird. His paid leave went into the next year, but he had already dis- already decided. Did you forted? <laughs> Did you forted? Did you forted? Did you already forted? <laughs> Did you already forted? <laughs> <laughs> he 
he already decided that he was going to leave. He had to find a new job because he had high child support payments to make. He found a new job at Hunterton, 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 Jesus Christ. I keep trying to make it backwards from what it is. I try to make it Hunterton, but it's Hunterton. Hunterton. Hunterton Hospital in Flemington, (laughs) Flemington, New Jersey. It's all fucked up. <laughs> like all of it's just I know. fucked up. If you need something like, fucked up, it's hunter done in Flemington. It sounds like somebody from Utah named their kids Tun. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> He used his last two hospitals as, as references. He was now working in their ICU, making $23 an hour plus overtime. I wonder if they didn't actually fucking call the references. They had to have not called. There's had no to way. Have not. In October of 1995, he got a performance report from Nurse Superior Marjorie Whelan. Remember this. Remember this performance report. He uses it later. It was all good stuff, talking about how positive and polite he was. He had started dating another nurse that he worked with named Kathy. She was unhappily married, so I'd imagine separated, with three kids. If not separated, then she's a shady bitch. I don't know. Fuck. Not long after he got his amazing review, it was like someone flipped a switch in him and he went all dark and crazy again. He was killing more people. He doesn't even remember who. He was getting more and more write-ups. The other nurses were complaining that he was over-lubricating his patient and turning them into grease buckets after he had bathed them alone with the blinds closed. Fucking ew. ew. I don't want to know what's going on there. I'm sorry, but over... Could we not ever fucking use the word over-lubricated again? <laughs> what do they need to lubricate after you bathe a patient in the icy? What are we lubricating? I don't want to know. Like, I get that somebody might need moisturizer for their skin, but can we not say over-lubricate? I think it was, like, grease, like, like, aquaphor type Like, shit. Vaseline. Oh, Vaseline. Vaseline. <laughs> Do you want some Vaseline on that? <laughs> oh, God, don't. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm over-lubricated right now. Fuck. Oh, stop. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seduce my husband with that word. <laughs> I'm incredibly over-lubricated right now. <laughs> Hey, baby, you want to jump on this? I'm over-lubricated. Do you You'll wanna, slide right in. Do you want to pump your piston into my over-lubricated... <laughs> I don't even have a word for you. <laughs> Camshaft. I don't even know how this works. Hey, dude, that's not it. <laughs> doing that but I like it. Fucking no. <laughs> I like it. Why don't you shove your rolling pin into my... Baker's box <laughs> in my over lubricated dough. <laughs> we Baker's box. I don't fucking. I don't know how to be sexy. I'm sorry. First off, I don't, <laughs> don't use over lubricated. <laughs> Let's start with we don't use over lubricated. I am lubricated a, just the right amount. I feel like that. Mount me, great stallion. <laughs> Mount me in my oh, my <laughs> correctly amount. <laughs> God. Mount me and place your I, seed in my correctly lubricated box. <laughs> my vagina has lubricant in it. When I have thoughts of you, mount me. 
Mount me. Not right away, even after May. a couple beers. <laughs> Mount me. Oh my god. Anyway. Okay. Gross. Fuck me in my properly lubricated holes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, dude. I don't know how to how do people sexy talk each other? I just don't get it. Alright. I don't. I'm just like, fucks me now. <laughs> it puts the P in the V and makes me go squee. <laughs> Dick inhale now. <laughs> Thrust repeat. Yeesh. Yeesh. <laughs> oh, yeesh. Oh, yeesh. yeesh. Oh, oh, my yeesh. gosh. <laughs> Whoa. Next time. Next time you're getting mounted in your over lubricated pee. <laughs> in my overly lubricated situation. V, I guess. Oh, my God. All right. Come on. Fuck. I, fuck I was, was going to say come on, and I was like, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what makes Proceed it over. Proceed merrily forward. That's what makes it over lubricated. You come on. <laughs> That's what turns it from right, properly right, lubricated right. Nope. to over lubricated. He was also caught giving unprescribed drugs to patients and not giving prescribed drugs to other patients. He was making his own decisions on medications and he even started ordering lab tests. Kathy had gone back to her husband so. It, he was already more fucked up now. I can't imagine. She was probably like, after dating him, she's probably like, all right, fuck, you're not that bad. Let's get back there. Please love me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anything but this fool. Right. He killed Jesse Each- Eachin with a dose of digoxin on July 9th, 1996. Ten days later, he was taken in and told that if he had one more incident, he would be fired. He said if he was that bad, he would just quit. Uh, fuck me, no fuck you. Motherfuckers. <laughs> we can't stop saying that. I'm sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> he went home and wrote an angry letter on his typewriter and told them that he was going to quit. He said he had 170 hours of paid vacation saved and that they could keep it or that they could keep it and use the money to hire somebody new. They said at first he wrote the letter by hand and then he was like, oh, wait, never mind. Because part of the thing, one of the things he got in trouble for. <laughs> was his handwriting so he's like fuck you motherfuckers i'm gonna type this shit i'm gonna type it out he drove to a mailbox and mailed that bitch off he immediately regretted his decision however his resignation was gratefully accepted at the hospital um they let him pick up a few shifts here and there as they needed him he would not show up for his shifts that they scheduled him for and he ended up getting a letter telling him good luck with his future career <laughs> they're like peace out boy scout yeah you're fucking done though charlie actually wrote him a letter back telling them how unfair they were to him but he never heard back from them obviously so this made him lose out on his unemployment and that 170 hours who the fuck i don't care how nutty you are or what kind of a squirrel turd nation lives in your head who fucking gives up 170 hours of paid vacation who doesn't cash out i would be like i'm going to go on vacation and then come back and quit like normal shady people do no no fucking pay me dude when you fucking quit they have to cash that shit out do they yeah fuck yeah they don't get to keep it then no i would be like I'm like, uh uh-uh, no. You acquired it. 170 hours? That's a lot of fucking vacation. Fucking for realsies. That's probably your child support. But bitch. But bitch. But bitch. But bitch. So he loses out on his unemployment and the 170 hours of paid vacation is now bye-bye. 
He re- his resignation took place in October of 1996, soon after he went to Morristown Memorial Hospital. And even though there were gaps in his employment dates, they hired him anyway, because who really remembers that shit, right? Right. Roy. So Charlie was working 75 hours a week, making 23 27 an hour, and he was on a 7 and 7 shift in the cardiac care unit. The morning nurses would find his patients in pools of blood, 25 washcloths in the sink, and junk all over the counter. When he heard of their complaints, he couldn't believe how petty they were because, you know, counting washcloths and shit. Jeez, bitch, why do you care how many fucking washcloths I used? Right. Morristown was on to him. They noticed his pat, like, they started to notice the pattern of um, drugs that he was doing. Um, fuck. You know what, Angel? Look at the fucking words on the paper and say them out loud. How difficult can it really be? Um, it can be the hardest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Just saying. All right. So they noticed his pattern with drug administration. He was fired less than a year after he was hired. Hey, man, I've been there. I wasn't killing people, but I've been there. <laughs> so he wasn't fire- fired for murdering people. However, he was fired for poor performance. The last patient that pushed patient that pushed him over the edge. The last patient that pushed him over the edge. Five times fast. The last patient that pushed him over the edge. That was once. <laughs> oh fuck! And that's all I got. Motherfucker. Mo- Motherfucker. So the last patient that actually pushed him over the edge was a male patient that had a, a surgery scheduled. Charlie was supposed to have given him heparin right before he had surgery and didn't, so the patient died. He said it was an accident. Right. Mm-hmm. Accident. You have one fucking job, yo. One job, dude. And Do it. Didn't you like giving heparin before? Yeah. Wasn't that like your thing? So, however, his firing didn't go well. It was not easy. They kept trying to call him to bring him in to fire him and get his belongings. However, he wouldn't answer those calls. So on August 13th, they kept calling and kept calling and leaving messages for him. They finally sent him a certified letter on August 14th that said he was terminated, effective immediately, and that he needed to bring in all of his hospital property. Well, instead of just listening to that letter, he showed up early the next day for his shift, which, surprise, his name wasn't on the fucking board. What? Why isn't my name on there? Wait, but it's my shift. (laughs) I'm early. (laughs) We cuddle. I'm on time. (laughs) So he went home and writes a letter to the Morristown director and demanded to have his case reviewed. He gets a letter back the next week from the hospital and the review board saying, dude, off is the direction in which you need to fuck. You are rightfully terminated. You, yep. Well. Termination valid. He's, he wrote them back and forth for over a month because he wasn't satisfied with their answer. He wanted an outside review. However, he had to be Charlie. So he called 911 and told them he had taken a handful of pills. But he hadn't that time. The ambulance came and picked him up. They took him to Warren Hospital. The doctor there had ordered a blood test. Since Charlie had faked the overdose this time, he didn't want the blood test. They kept trying to take it, but he kept pushing them away. He got mad and tried to leave. Someone tried to stop him, and he slapped them away, so security was called. All of this worked in his favor because he had this grand this grand plan to get back to Greystone. I almost <laughs> said Gray Skull. Yep, I, saw, I know. Scary. <sighs> Close. How about Gray Stone? Because he really liked it there. And he was taken there on October 30th. So he was there in this cool haunted mansion, some bitch thing, on October 30th. <clears throat> he stayed there till December 11th when he was discharged. He went to try to press charges against the ER doc at Warren for trying to steal his blood. 
Oh, God. Like any normal would do. Like you do. Like you do. (laughs) When he went and got all of his mail, there were more letters from Morristown. Letters went back and forth till January of 1998, but then he just lost interest because he'd found something else to focus on. I'll bet he fucking did. He's like, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. (laughs) I got other... You know what? I got new irons in the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I'll go fuck with somebody else. I'm done with you. He got a new job in Allentown, Pennsylvania at the Liberty Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. He gave them the old review that I said, remember this review? The yeah. really good review? The shiny. Mm-hmm. The he, shiny pretty that made him sound like a, yeah. you know, normal, outstanding human being. Uh-huh. Anyway. He gave them that review to use as like a reference. And he was hired and nobody ever questioned why he took a five dollar an hour pay cut just Mm. all willy-nilly yep he was sixty-seven thousand dollars in debt by this time including back child support and alimony and credit card debt and i could imagine dr bills are through the fucking roof all those visits to the er (laughs) and yeah the psych ward of the er and jesus christ dude i had to i literally had to be dying to go to the er right like i don't go to (laughs) literally like i don't when people are like, dude, you should just go to the ER. Oh, no, fuck no. no. I need to be I losing a limb. I don't have 10 grand no. to throw at the ER. Yeah. <clears throat> he wanted to make sure that he had paid his child support because he didn't want to be known as a bad father. Hmm. He was always super worried about that. And he didn't want Adrian to poison their minds like by telling them that he's a bad father. Bitch, you're doing this yourself. <laughs> it was time for Charlie to get back to what he does best, though. Not killing himself. Not trying to suicide himself. Another murder. His next victim was Francis Henry. He was an elderly patient who was being taken care of for a broken vertebra. He was in a halo device. If you don't know what one of those is, it's like a fucking circle that goes around your fucking head and Go watch screwed me, girls. in. Yeah. <laughs> After she gets railed by the bus. Yeah. And she's got the halo, but there's like the support thing on your shoulder and there's a whole halo around your head and it's fucking insane. <clears throat> But that's what Francis Henry was in. Charlie believed that he should be in a hospital rather than a nursing home, so he was going to make sure that happened. Let me help you. Yes. On May 6, 1998, Charlie loaded a syringe with a huge dose of insulin and injected it into Mr. Henry's IV. This obviously sent him into a diabetic shock. The even sicker part of this is that Mr. Henry was in a halo having violent seizures fucking good like just Uh, like catching uh, a visual of that uh, is churning my guts yeah yeah i can't you have you have a device literally screwed into your dome piece so those are just getting going in further probably while you're seizing Mm -hmm. jesus fucking christ he was taken to the hospital where charlie thought he needed to be but he was returned to the nursing home the next day and then died soon after Mm -hmm. Charlie knew he'd fucked up this time because the massive amounts of insulin were found in his blood. Well, you don't say. Weird. There was nothing in his chart about insulin being ordered or administered. Charlie had also been written up several times about his work at Liberty. It was also a huge shock when a senior nurse named Kimberly Pepe was terminated. She obviously sued the hospital for wrongful termination, but won the amount in the settlement along with sealed non-disclosure agreements. Charlie didn't get fired, but he got moved to the ICU. (laughs) Jesus uh, yeah, dude, Christ. I don't I don't know. <clears throat> he got moved to the ICU. During this time, he had to also file bankruptcy. And this is where 
we're gonna leave you yeesh yeesh so join us next week as we dig through even more fuckery of this crazy son of a bitch charles cullen because he has so many more people to kill i mean we're 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 shades away from being done yes shades jesus. away Jesus fucking Christ, there's so much shit on this motherfucker. Motherfucker. Yes. So maybe maybe check the references of the person that you hire. Mm -hmm. And uh, stay Stay out out of chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Goodbye.